Cast. Corey Long here. Charles Fishbein here. How you doing, Fish? Doing good. Another uh, great weekend that we had here. The the, the precursor to Thanksgiving, really. Uh, best time of the year. The only downside to this time of the year is that the uh, regular season is only got one or two more weeks left in it. And uh, too much college basketball. And I wish college basketball would start in, like, December 15th. Like, I don't like the crossover period at all. I don't like the idea that there's, like, these good college basketball games happening in the midst of football season, you know? Like, play – like, you should just – they and they want to start early. Like, like they, they had, like, Kentucky playing Duke – or Kentucky playing Michigan State and Duke playing – or something like Duke playing Kansas in that tip-off tournament. Like, have that after football season's done. Like, don't have that now. Play your scrubs now. Play the scrub teams now. Then have that. Then have conference. But hey, I didn't. I didn't even know college basketball started. To be honest with you. And oh my God, it's everywhere. You know, there's like four hundred and seventy three thousand college basketball teams too. Oh, yeah. So they're just everywhere. It's like you can't get enough of it. Um. Anyway, what a day in college football yesterday. My goodness. Um. I almost want to say that. TCU and Michigan might have saved college football. And, and what I mean is that they both had to had come from behind victories within the last, you know, the last late second victories. TCU's victory was amazing, by the way. If they don't win by 3.30 Saturday afternoon, you were potentially looking at, I think, four – yeah, four of the top six projected in the playoffs being from one conference, and almost and almost a guarantee of the SEC getting three in. Now that would change later in the day. Oh boy, would that absolutely change! But for that moment, you were looking at like, oh my god, we're really going to have like it. We're the the, the final four is going to be three SEC teams, and this is going to be a disaster for what these guys are trying for, for this whole college football playoff. Yeah. South um, Carolina kind of changed that real yeah, quick. Yeah. Thankfully South Carolina came through. So they came, and, and Arkansas on a lesser extent came through as well. So we didn't, okay. you know, so we broke up some of that. And like Ten- was, Tennessee know. did eliminate themselves yesterday. All right. Yeah. I, know, I know they had an injury, but they've now lost two games by over a hundred points. And, yeah. Okay. Uh, you gave up 63 points to South Carolina. You ain't going to playoffs. Yeah. Like, I mean, only only team that should be scoring six or three points for South Carolina is their women's basketball team. Like, yeah. that's the only thing they really got that's any good is their women's basketball. <laughs> Don Staley got a, got a monster program over there, but that's about it. Like, hey, Spencer Rattler, like, it took twenty three games for Spencer Rattler to finally show why he was a Heisman favorite, preseason Heisman favorite in twenty twenty one. Yeah, for all those people that like to gamble on games for fun, you know, they don't put money on them. I think Clemson is a good bet next week. I, I will South Carolina get over that hangover by no. next Saturday. Like no. you want to talk about a, a a live dog that won a game and probably will still be celebrating by the time Clemson rolls or like Clemson's about as sure as a thing next weekend as any team in yeah. one of these rivalry games. Like yeah. anybody listening, Clemson will take care of South Carolina pretty handily. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I'm <laughs> with you there. Um, we talked about this before we got on the podcast. 
Um, Georgia won by 10 over Kentucky on the road, 16-6. <laughs> Wasn't a particularly appealing game to watch. Uh, Ole Miss, Mar- excuse me, not Ole Miss, Ohio, Ohio State, Maryland was pretty fun, actually. Uh, and, and Maryland ended up, uh, Ohio State ended up winning by 13. We talked, you know, TCU had a great one over Baylor on the road. Michigan had a gutsy one at home against a really prepared Illinois team. Credit to friend of the podcast, Brett Bielema. Uh, condolences, too, to, to Coach for losing his mom this week. That was a, you know, it was a really emotional day for him. And you could tell listening to his pre- his post game how much, uh, you know, emotions were going through him. But, you know, he had, he had Illinois out there ready to play. You know, they were, they were ready to play yesterday. And uh, it was a heck of a game. But there's no more – to me, there's no such thing as an ugly win anymore. Like, the ugly win has been wiped out. Like, it, if you win and you survive, good good on you. Like, you don't have to win every game by 40 points. Like, you don't have to have game control or whatever – made-up analytic ESPN wants to throw out there this time of year. Like, I don't care if you – TCU led for six seconds. Good. They led for the six seconds that matter. Like, that's all I need. I don't care if you win ugly anymore. Like, I don't care. Like, as long as you win and you stand undefeated, good, good for you. You're in. Hmm. There's no question. I, I It's just – we discussed this before the podcast when we got on. It's so difficult to win now. I just – you go on every message board, every fan – if you win, they still have something to complain about. God forbid you lose. Every coach needs to be fired. It's every message board. So anybody that thinks it's just a Florida State or a Miami or a Florida thing and they've cornered the market on, you know, firing coaches on every message board, it doesn't work that well. Literally, I, I went on Tennessee's fan base message board just to see what how, you know, the temperature and this guy needs to get fired and this guy, you know, the, you know, they complained about the play calling and this and that. And I'm like, dude, you guys have had your best season in 20 years. You really are going to complain about this season? Like Tennessee has overachieved this year. Even if they go 10 and two, they've overachieved. They beat Alabama for the first time in almost a decade or two decades. What are you complaining about? You know, you should be happy and hope that your coaches could build on that. It's very, very difficult to win, period. And if fan bases think that any – they all think, oh, we hire this guy. It's going to get easier. It's going to hire that guy. And I think it's just going to get harder and harder. I, I th- We talked about it. You see Michigan State uh, last year had a great year. They had, all, they had all these guys. And I think that next year it becomes even – you win this year that doesn't guarantee you that you're going to win next year because you won this year with the portal and guys getting if if you get a rash of guys leave through the portal and you know you look at Boston College this year I was talking to one of their coaches um they I you know they lost a, a first round pick before the season started then they lost another lineman then they lost another skill and all of a sudden you don't have that depth anymore to recover you could go from where you think you're going to compete for six, seven, eight wins to all of a sudden you're one of the worst teams in the conference. And I think you're going to see more and more of those up and downs in college football. Now that you have the portal, you have so many kids coming and going. I mean, you look at university of Miami, they're probably going to just on roster attrition of getting rid of players. They're probably going to have what, um, 
you know, they're going to probably have 25, 25 guys. guys lead, you know? Uh, so what do you do at that point, you know? Yeah, it's just a um, – it, it, there's so much there. I mean, there's so many it, – it, it's such a weird environment because – and one of the good things about expanding the playoffs that I think will help is that I think it will trim down a little bit of this coaching turnover because coaches are getting turned over so fast, and they're expected to win right away. And you end up doing what Mel Tucker did, which is go through the portal – you hit on kids, you have a good season, but you know what happens? Then, you know, following you, you got to do the same thing because you got to keep it up and you haven't been able to recruit at the high school level to build that, you know, to build that foundational depth. And all of a sudden, you know, you don't hit on the portal kids and you end up with a four win season and everybody thinks you're a disaster. And this is right, you know, not granted, he signed a hundred million dollar contract, so he's I, right. but also. Stop giving away $100 million contracts. Like, what are schools doing? Nah, they shouldn't. They should definitely not give away. Listen, if you want to give a coach a front-loaded base contract and you're like, all right, we're going to give this guy $65, 70000000 million, but most of it's going to be front-loaded, at least after by year three or four, that if it doesn't work out, you know, all right, we already gave him the bulk of the money. We don't have a whole lot to buy this guy out or we can fix this issue. I think the schools that give these 10-year deals, uh, you know, you know only half of them are going to make it through that. And how do you how do you pay that off? I mean, like there's people that are sitting there and going, well, you know, you, you look at Lane Kiffin, for example, you have to pay Old Miss $30 million just to get him to leave Old Miss. That's before he gets his eight year, 10 year million dollar contract and you got to pay him for 10 years. And I, I just, it's getting out of hand. Like, honestly, there needs to be almost like a, a salary cap or something in college football for coaching salaries, because I don't know if these athletic directors and administrators can control themselves. No, you know? they can't. I mean, you know, you look at, I mean, we've been talking about the Texas A&M situation all year. And it's like, you know, they look, I mean, they drew, they, you know, they drew a horrible crowd this week for UMass. And, you know, it's, or it's, it's, you're heading into a holiday period. I get it. UMass is an awful opponent. Texas A&M's had an awful season. By the time the second half started, I, I, I mean, there were more, there was nobody there. Like the people, the people that were there were like kids working out, using the field to run stadiums. Like there was nobody there. But it's like, they're like, you know, and every, like, oh, well, if A&M loses to UMass, they got to fire Jimbo, right? I'm like, what? They still got to pay him $86 million. Like, whether he, lo- whether they, you know, whether he loses to UMass or not, if they want to get rid of him this year, it's going to cost them $86 million to get it done. Yeah. Well, like, no, they're not going to fire. He could have gotten Dude, shut it, out by it'd be, it'd be cheaper they to just fire. hire an assassin, honestly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> at this point, you know, I was like, you know, what they're going to do is, I, I think you and I talked about it, they're going to have to just invest more in the support around them. I think, you know, him and Muschamp are good friends. I could see him trying to lure Will Muschamp away from Georgia. Him and Dan Mullen are good friends. I could see him trying to get – Mullen to be his OC for a year and to kind of help him provide some, you know, at least give a, give an outward appearance of stability, 
You know, there's Listen, some actual assistant coaches on that staff. It's never as bad as people think. As bad no. as AM is, they are still I mean, you go look, their quarterback who ran ran the offense this weekend is a true freshman. The Le'Veon Moss kid who had led their team in rushing 12 rushes, 78 yards, and a touchdown is a true freshman. Their starting wide receiver, Muhammad, I believe, is a true – no, he's a sophomore, like Moose Muhammad. That doesn't count the other guys on their team. This is a very young team. Like, you know, he could turn this thing around. They get, they get a, some hits in the transfer portal – they could be back in the mix of things next year with 10 wins. That's how col- I, I really think that's how college football is going to be now. Outside of three or four programs, five programs, the Alabamas, the Michigans, Michigan's, you know, Ohio States. Uh, I mean, go look at Texas. Texas is what, seven and five going to be this year? I, it's just, it's hard to win. And I, yeah. I, I can't keep saying that. I think you're going to see more and more teams have 10 win seasons, 11 win seasons, and then the next year dropping down to a five, six, seven win season because they lost too many players. They weren't able to replace them. They're too young. There's going to be some reason why now these teams struggle. You see it in college basketball. You have teams that get these one and dones. That's what college football has gone to. And, you know, it's going to be harder and harder to win. You better, you better be patient with coaches because if you're going to give them the money, you're going to give them. Um, it's a lot to buy them out. You better it it's got to get awfully terrible to uh you I mean just look at Auburn. Auburn is gonna pay a lot of money to get rid of they're still paying Gus Miles they're on still there. Paying Gus. Yeah. And they gotta pay Brian Harson money, and then they're gonna have to they're gonna have to give Cadillac Williams a major bump to stay on their staff because that guy's making next to nothing and he yeah. is you know, I mean He's carrying that program right now, both from a recruiting standpoint and from just an on-field standpoint, and just trying to bring some level of normalcy around there. Like, like you know, they have to, regardless of who they try to hire, they have to give that guy a serious bump just for the fact that he has stepped in and, you know, and tried to kind of, you know, has tried to market Auburn as, you know, he's trying – to us outsiders, Auburn looks like just a ridiculous cesspool with a bunch of crazy controlling boosters. He's at least brought it back to say, hey, this place is great. I love this place. I'm honored to play here, and I'm honored to lead this team out here. You know, like, it's like I'm, I'm actually rooting for Auburn a little bit because I like Cadillac so much. Like, he's such a nice, refreshing, you know, look at head coaches. Yeah, you know, you'll see. Out. You'll see. Yeah, that guy's loyalty will be in a box in about a week. All right, <laughs> they're like, he's like, wait a second, I thought I had a place on this staff. Yeah, no, nah, the new coach. No, doesn't. I think no, I think they're gonna. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's, he's one of yeah. them. All right, yeah, we'll see, man. Yeah, I, yeah, but, I don't, I don't. You know, I hope I, they, I hope they do, but you know, uh, I've seen too many of these stories before. Hey, if they're not going to keep them, they better give them like a big fat million dollar bonus on the way out. You know, ain't nothing, ain't nothing says we love you like a big million. When, that, let me ask you something: When a guy becomes an interim coach, does his salary go up now that because he gets, I think he's making like twenty nine thousand dollars a game for now, which I think is obviously probably more than he made. I think he get a little bit of a bump up, right. which I think you know, I think that's a, I think that's on top. Of his regular salary, he's making like an additional twenty nine thousand dollars a game. That's what right. I'm well, at least he gets something because yeah, honestly, so I mean, you know, believe me, 
My my place of employment gives me an extra thirty grand a game. I'm not I'm not mad at him. I'll put it that way. So, yeah. all right. Um, yeah. So, speaking of hard to win, yeah, it was a uh, it was a it was a brutal day for Tennessee. An unexpected day. I mean, you talk about you had South Carolina and Vanderbilt to close out the schedule. Obviously, going to South Carolina, it's you know it can be a tricky game. But give up 63 points, lose Hendon Hooker to a torn ACL, play that you and I saw live time and knew the minute we saw it, it wasn't, it wasn't good because he didn't get touched. He just made a cutback and it collapsed, and that's never never a good sign. Um, so, you know, you, you really you can't do much with Tennessee anymore. Uh, and to be honest, I don't know if they're going to beat Vanderbilt next week. And the Vanderbilt that I've seen the last two weeks under Clark Lee shows up next week. That, that Vanderbilt can get that six win and get to a bowl. Like, I, I wonder really how hard um, – I wonder how big the uh, the drop-off for Tennessee is going to be now because – Well, they got a super t- – I'm, I'm wondering because, I mean, you watch Milton come in. The kid's got a howitzer for an arm. Now, he doesn't yeah. know where the ball's going, but yeah. he does – he is a – I didn't re- – I forgot, you know, because I had met him in high school. He's a big kid. Yeah. If I was him and the people around him, I would teach that kid tight end. Like, honestly, he he's athletic enough, even with one year, somebody would take a flyer on him as a tight end. You're talking a 6'6", 250-pound kid that could run. Uh, maybe he has a future in that. But um, they do have a freshman quarterback that's super talented. They can u- they don't have to worry about using the kid's red shirt up. Do yeah. You- do you get that kid ready for next year and let him get reps in the, in this game? You know, uh, yeah, because you know, that's a great point without that four, when you don't have that, uh, four game, you know, when you got that four game cushion, you could easily play him and play him in the bowl game and just consider this kind of his preseason for 2023. Um, yeah, that's a great idea. It's certainly something that they should be thinking about. Um, what else? Uh, two great Pac-12 games. You stay up and watch both of the Pac-12? Yes, yes, I went. I've got to tell you, uh, and this may come as a surprise, because, you know, I've got – I think the guy at Oregon could become one of the top five coaches in college football in the next five years. I, I just – Super impressed with him. Super impressed Super with impressed with him. Defensive coordinator, and we've talked about this, the one thing he's done, and he's done a great job at, is he's – Got now that he's coached his side of the ball and he lets his OC just run that side of the ball. Like they're not conservative. They, you know, on the fourth down on the uh, late in the game, when they needed the one yard, they had a great little uh, fake where the, where um, the quarterback Knicks went to run and it was like a fake pitch option play. And he picked up the yard. It's like, they seem to dial in the right plays all the time. And I mean, Knicks was was not even close to seventy five percent. He couldn't throw off his leg. Uh, you could see he was struggling. They not being able to run. He that took away half the offensive play calls, and they still won the game. They got a lead, and he relied on that defense. And they they are a very physical team. I mean, Pinnell Sewell, uh, man, can somebody? You know, like if I'm schools, I'm like back channeling to try to get that kid in the portal. 
I mean, that's that's one of the best linebackers in college football. Yeah. I, I mean, he he's I, what it's it's not Pinell Sewell. What's the kid's name? Um, uh, it's Sewell's no. brother. Yeah, but yeah. the kid's unreal, and they're just you. You look at them; they're very well coached, and I think the guy's one of the best young coaches in college football. I think they hit a home run. You just never know when you're talking about a coordinator. Noah Sewell. Yeah, Noah Sewell. But yeah, you just never you prospect. Yeah, you, of, yeah, you yeah. just. You don't know what you're ever going to get with some of these coordinators because that's what, you know, they're coordinators. They've never been a head coach before, but they look so good, Oregon. I mean, I was very impressed. They beat a very good Utah team. Um, and then you go look at Washington, I mean, USC and UCLA. I don't think I saw a better game yesterday. Uh, the back and forth, the two quarterbacks. I think their quarterback's the best quarterback in college football. If somebody wants to argue with me, go ahead. He made plays yesterday that got only Pat Mahomes for the Chiefs makes. He he he's a uh, he's a magician in the pocket. He extends plays. He doesn't make bad decisions when he extends plays. He keeps his head down. He's able to get guys involved in the offense. And with that, every time USC plays, even if they get into the playoffs, somehow they make it the playoff. They're gonna have the best player on the field at the most important position. So that gives them a shot in any game, even though their defense and their defense, I thought actually yesterday played a really good game. Now you, somebody's going to go, well, they gave up all these points and yards, but they didn't give up these back. Breaking. Turnovers. What? Turnovers yesterday. Yeah. They got turnovers. They, their defense gave the ball back to their quarterback and they made the stops when they needed. And USC, honestly, I think it's a one team. That can that nobody in that playoffs wants to play because they can score. They can score and score a lot. And if you're off that one day where you're not scoring with them, you could be behind. I don't care how bad USC's uh, defense is. USC's offense could score with anybody in the country. And I think the Pac-12 might be the second. I mean, yeah, maybe the second best conference in the nation this year. I mean, you look. USC is a playoff contending team. Oregon was in that situation. Utah was top 10 going into yesterday. UCLA was 16. Washington and Oregon State are both, you know. Very good ranked. football team. Very good. If, like, if you haven't that, watched Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, half of that conference is deep. Yeah. And it's like, and, it, and it, you know, and that's, again, that's where this expansion becomes so important because that's a team that's, that's a, that's a conference that's very deep that's got several very good teams that might get shut out because you know they've got several very good teams like you know the SEC the Big Ten remained very top heavy like for as much as as fun as the SEC is to watch there's a very clear top tier like it's yeah. Georgia this year most years it's Georgia and Alabama. But, you know, and then after that, it's just a bunch of teams that are ranked that are playing each other and are having fun. You know, the Big Ten, it's the same way. You got Ohio State, you got Michigan, Penn State tries to get in that group. And then you've got, you know, 11 other schools that play for a bunch of trophies every year that we all love. Like, yeah. you know, like Minnesota and Iowa playing for a big pig. Yeah. Stuff like, you know, next week, I think Minnesota and Wisconsin play for an axe, which, by the way, you think they should put that axe in like a glass case? Because I don't really like the idea of like a 300 pound man running, grabbing the axe and holding it up. Like, I feel like. Especially if he drops it because it's going to hit something. Yeah. The fact that nothing dangerous has happened yet makes me think that, you know, maybe they've been buying, they've been lucky all these years. 
So I'm, uh, yeah, but it was it was a great day in college football. And really on a day that you weren't, the expectations weren't so high, you had one of the more dramatic days in the sport. We are going to come back and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about Jordan Travis, Florida State's quarterback, and uh, whether he needs to stay for another year, the uh, prospects of him staying for another year. I got some quotes here. People are thinking of what an NIL deal would be worth. And, you know, given where Florida State is right now, would it be better for, would it be more beneficial for them if he stayed another year? We'll be right back with more of the Fish Cast. <laughs> 